Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, nothing, absolutely nothing happened in wrestling again this week. <laughs> I emoji. So yes, very nicely, people always like to know what I think, so here's what I do think. AEW announcing another show for Saturday known as AEW Collision, I think is absolutely terrific because it means the wrestling industry is booming and it means more money in the pockets for the wrestlers and the companies and the promotions. And usually what happens is when the competition gets better, the product gets better, and then we, the fans can feel all warm and fuzzy in our tum-tums. Also, yes, we will be upping those downs for Collision, but it will go live on Mondays, because one, I wrestle at the weekends, and we already do Smackdown and Rampage, so I don't know how we would get it in there, but also two, all the what culture editors on a Sunday are already preoccupied with other things. So please support it on a Monday. And as for one CM Punk, well, I'm just gonna tell you, I don't know him, I don't know Tony Khan, I don't know the Young Bucks, I don't know Kenny Omega, I don't know Ace Steel, I don't know any of these individuals, but I do know they're human viewings. I do know they have hearts. I do know they have feelings. So I just want to say health and happiness before wrestling, and I hope they're all doing okay. Right, anyway, let's ups and downs. For Wardlow came out instantly at the start of Dynamite, and he said, hey, Christian Cage, why don't you come out here and spit in my face? Yep, that is what he said. I was so tired. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I was like, is this what you want, Wardlow? Because imagine. Hey, look over here. Huh? Well, that is genuinely the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Cage and Luchasaurus then did walk to the ring. And Christian and Wardlow actually got into an argument about whether or not he was going to spit into his face. They were also like, oh, I'm going to win the TNT title. Because, of course, they're going to have a match at double or nothing. Mr. Lowe tried to fight them all off eventually. But this was really dumb because the numbers game was against him. And not only did Luchasaurus murk him, but so did Christian Cage. But all of a sudden, a ladder got introduced. That went into Wardlow's face and the dinosaur grabbed him and went, whoop. And he choke slammed him into the steel. We also got a kill switch onto Luna the ladder. So I was like, poor Luna, she's always getting this. And actually, it was going to tie into something later because we did have a chat. <laughs> yes, we're doing a ladder match at the pay-per-view. Now, I thought this match was going to be fire anyway. But with that stipulation put into the mix... I mean, I get a little scared because Christian Cage had to retire once, but he knows his body better than me. How can I know his body better than he does? What are we even talking about? Anyway, this was really, really quick, and I thought a good bit of business, and it made me more pumped for that thing. Give it an up. His caliber then reminded us that last week, Don Callis had screwdrivered Kenny Omega right in the head, and yet for some reason hadn't been arrested. Well, from nowhere, it was Lee Moriarty and Big Bill taking on Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen. Who booked that? It was me! 
<laughs> was me. I booked Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen in a tag team match for two very simple reasons. One, I really like oranges. I think they taste delicious. And two, I really like Darby's in sports. You know, when two teams that are close to each other, they go at it. It just makes me so happy. So I went, hullabaloo! And I booked the thing. I am the wrestling wizard in the sky. Ah, right, makes sense. The thing is, AEW has been doing this tag team pairing on their house shows, and they must have gone, well, this is a barrel of fun. We should do it on TV. I like that thinking. Orange is also taped up these days like he's a cassette because he has had so many international title defenses, and now he's a little bit broken. And of course, because Big Bill is in there, he grabbed Darby Allen and he started to hurl him around like a child. And a quick PSA... Don't hurl children around. <laughs> Billy also wanted a test of strength with Darby, which seemed like a terrible idea. But actually, the babyfaces had a really good plan because Alan was going to do a dive, Orange Cassidy was going to do a dive, you were going to do a dive, I was going to do a dive, Auntie Sheila was going to do a dive. 2023 wrestling. Bill then got sick of this, so he started big booting everyone. And just when we were about to get the tag to Orange, Lee Moriarty had distracted the referee. So even though you got that noise, it didn't count. Absolutely ridiculous. Thankfully, the piece of fruit does indeed play the Arkham Asylum game, so he used his dodge mechanic to get out of the way. Darby Allen got the hot tag, everybody went crazy, and so did he. He was wild. As ever, he just used his body as a weapon, but when he went for a code red on the biggest of bills, the biggest of bills got out of that. He went for a choke slam. Darby Allen said nope, and instead just got boss man slam, one, two, kick out. In a panic, Allen then went after Bill's legs, which did make all the sense in the world, because if you're that tall, you need to cut people down to size. And just when they started doing something, some double team combos. Lee Moriarty was back. He locked in the Boston City stretch, whatever it's called. I was like, man, this really well worked. This Alan Orange pairing definitely have something though, because then they hit this amazing co-dog, stun dog, millionaire back and forth thingamajig. And then they turned to Lee Moriarty and they were like, sorry, we're going to do it to you too. They hit the coffin drop. They hit the beach break. One, two, three. I realised I had a really good time. Well, I say that, there was actually one last wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because we do have this main event of the pay-per-view, because before Darby Allen got the three, he grabbed Lee's head, and he gave him a headlock takeover, which of course ties directly into the feud that he had with MJF. So I am just giving it a round of applause. I don't know who's coming up with this stuff, but I think it's been so well worked. It also think that Orange Cassidy is one of the best wrestlers in the world, and I mean it. When we went to the back and Alex Marvez was talking to the Young Bucks, and they were like, look, we ain't in the best of moods. Kenny Omega, like, he's doing okay, but is he doing okay? I mean, what is going on? And I'm not sure how anybody can actually be okay after being screw-driven. And poor Matt and Nick Jackson. They were then surrounded by the Blackpool Combat Club, who absolutely kicked their ass. I mean, they even throw them into a car. They also went after Matt's injured bicep and stole their lunch money. I and mean, they didn't do that last bit when John Moxley looked directly into the camera and was like, we are the only elite group in professional wrestling. I was like, is this why you're mad at these guys? Because of the name they used, you need to get a real problem. But in terms of this storyline, it is just absolutely excellent. And given what was going to happen at the end of the night... Just gonna give it an up right now. I mean, the stakes are so high. Then, thankfully, somebody explained why Arn Anderson hadn't been in the opening segment. Kinda. So we were backstage with Rennie Paquette, who was like, Wardlow, how do you feel after you just got absolutely murked? And he was super mad when Arn busted into the trainer's room, knocked the ice pack out of his hand, and was like, What are you prepared to do? And I've been like, Arn, I tell you what I'm prepared to do get rid of you as a friend, because you're not very good. Instead, though, this is when Wardlow did confirm that he is happy to take on Christian in his own match, which is the ladder stipulation. The 
I've already talked about it. I'm not going to talk about it again. Suffice to say, it'll be great. Today was then also chatting to Orange Cassidy because she wanted his thoughts on everything Carl Fletcher had been doing recently. I mean, he's clearly been gunning for an international title match. Cassidy didn't really care though, so told him and everybody else, well, if you want to fight me, I will fight you. So you better go talk to Tony Khan and make it happen. So I said this on an upcoming video, but I'm going to say it here as well. Orange Cassidy has basically become this generation's Ricky Steamboat. Like, he's the ultimate babyface. He never backs down. And he just has great match after great match. And yes, if you want to call me an orange fan, boy, I will be damn proud of that name. When Exodus Prime was back on Dynamite. Yes. Because not only does he have the greatest name in all of professional wrestling, but of course he's a former Transformer. What a great life. Certainly for him, though, he was taking on Sammy Guevara. And honestly, GTH, this went about nine seconds. Who had nine seconds? It was you, Darren. Everybody give up for Darren. You win the pool. I swear we're definitely trying to turn Sammy Babyface as well during this. Because he grabbed the mic and was like, oh man, we're back in Texas. I had so many good times in Texas. And people always tell me I'd never be able to make it to the tippity top. But here I am. And I did it on my blood, sweat and tears. I was like, what the flub is going on? Now, this is a risky move because the last time we tried this, it didn't work. But he also went on to say he's been listening to his heart, which is an odd thing to do. But the old thumper had told him he can become the AEW World Champion. I'm not sure that's the best source of information. Because what the hell is your heart going to tell you about championship matches? But hey ho, if we do want to turn him into a good guy again, this was a pretty good way to start. And it was just a good segment, all things considered. We then had a great video package focusing on our four pillars and how it all ties into the double or nothing main event. When out came Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Sonjay Dutt and Satnam Singh. Roro. Now they are such assholes they also had two guitars that had FTR's name on it. And rightfully so, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood must have seen this. They were like, look, we're not putting up with this. This is a damn insult. So they came out and they started whipping ass. And they actually shoved Satnam Singh off the stage and just started to boo everybody else. When this whole thing went entirely crazy ways. I mean, somehow Lethal was beaten out of his suit, which I didn't realize was a thing. Went from behind these guys, who appeared none other than Repo Man. It wasn't Repo Man. I would have absolutely crazy, but it was. And I did not have this on my bingo card. Karen Jarrett. Given how well AEW usually handles people like this, though, I have all the faith in the world. And given it was a distraction, Cash got hit right in the penis, where poor Dax got taken out by the stroke as Jeff Jarrett was like, ha ha ha, DNA is back. Singh had also somehow recovered at this point, so he hit the double choke slam when they got these guitars and went kablamo and actually blasted them over FTR's head. And I was like, I don't think that was a very nice thing to do. So if we wanted to ramp up this feud, this is absolutely the way to do it and getting Jarrett's wife involved, I tell you, it will pay off in the long run. And this is just a smart program to do because of course FTR will win at double or nothing. They can, they can just go on to some kind of crazy title run, which is what they always do. They're a very good tag team. And as for Double J's group, I swear, they are so entertaining. It makes me chuckle inside. Give me that. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. 
Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Renee was back after this. He was working hard again. Because she wanted to talk to Darby Allen about what had happened earlier. And he did confirm, yes, that was me sending a message to MJF. I was like, bro, you could have just sent a text. But they carried on this whole please support Sammy Guevara thing, though. Because he walked in and he was all nicey-nice. Because, look, look, man, I really respect you and I think you're a great guy. And really, when we get to the pay-per-view, I don't care if it's you, I don't care if it's me, I don't care if it's Jungle Boy. As long as Maxwell doesn't walk away with the belt, I think there will be some good in that. I was like, didn't you just say something different five minutes ago? Anyway, the whole point is the best man will win and they fist bumped. So we got to keep an eye on this. Because I think that Sam Sam is trying to work us. Which is perfectly fine, by the way. That's the point of wrestling, brother. We will wait and see. When we got that tag match we had promoted last week, although I swear it changed. Dun, dun, dun. Because I thought it was going to be Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter taking on Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. But instead, Sheeta was put in Jamie Hayter's place because apparently Jamie Hayter is injured. Now, I do think this is legit, so I do hope she is okay. However, she is going to be at the pay-per-view... So everything should be all right. It didn't actually matter, though, because I thought all of this worked out very well. And obviously, as the outcasts were here, Soraya was on the outside. And man, she had leveled up her MP. It was just interference and distraction constantly. I mean, you'd think somebody would have an eye on her by now. So it did make our good guys a little bit of silly beans, because why didn't they have any help in their corner? But when Sheeta finally got tagged in, man, she went crazy. Because not only did she smack all of these people, she did a giant crossbody onto the triplets. And I was like, yeah, get them. So Ryan then tripped Britt Baker when she was back in there. So you already know what Tony Storm did. That running hip attack, I swear. The people that have to take this, their heads just go like they've been in a damn car wreck. It may actually be the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. Baker was getting thwomped too until she realized, oh man, if I try and break some necks with a neck breaker, I probably can get the tag, which is what she did. And I tell you, she'd have got in there. And she hit this falcon arrow and she hit this meteora. The ref went one, the ref went two, and it got broken up at the last second. That was some damn good timing. Baker then got another near fall after a DDT when this went crazy. Because it went lockjaw into no future into air raid crash. And all of a sudden, Soraya freaked out and she was getting involved again. Because she basically got up on the apron at this point. So the referee had to go up to her and be like, what are you doing? You're not meant to be doing this. When Tony Storm had the damn spray paint and she just went right into Brit's face. I was like... This is the most obvious cheating I've ever seen in my life. It also meant that Storm was able to hit the Storm Zero for the 1-2-3. And as Excalibur told us on commentary, this is Tony's fourth win in five days, which is why at the pay-per-view it is going to be Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. And you just know that it's going to rock. 
mean, it rocked before. Why wouldn't it rock now? So I just think this is such a fun story and I'm genuinely excited to see how it culminates because we will do the women's title match at Double or Nothing and then there's so many pieces to play around with. This is like chess and I'm glad that it's been going on for so long. Giving it up. However, I do have one nerd down because I am a nerd. While we did talk about the fact Jamie was injured, all of a sudden nobody is talking about Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue anymore even though at one stage they were directly tied into this thing. And like, it doesn't actually matter at all, who cares? But I just thought it was such a good role from them because they can get experience with working with more experienced people. This feels like a missed opportunity for me. <laughs> so given that I am geek Simon Miller, shouldn't have been born that way. Giving it a down. Then it turned out that our Orange Cassidy had made a little bit of a fuss. Because Randy Paquette was talking to him again, was like, you know what you said earlier about Tony Khan? Well, 20 wrestlers went into his office and they want to fight you for that title. I was like, who is counting? Orange was totally fine with this, though, because he is a fighting piece of fruit. So he was like, fine, at the pay-per-view, we will do a casino battle royale and there will be 21 people because I will be the 21st. Then he went, Rene, actually, do you want to be in it? Paquette actually considered it for about 0.5 seconds and she was like, now nah, I'm set. Also, given that I am going to double or nothing, I'll throw my name into the mix. <laughs> Put me in, coach. I'm ready. I am, of course, joking, but dream in your dreams. Tony Khan also popped up after this and did confirm that come June 17th, Collision is going to be a thing. And I would assume at this juncture, we were also going to announce CM Punk. But again, we don't know. So just sit down, just chill out, let everything go the way that it's meant to go and think to yourself, wow, isn't pizza great? I tell you, cheese on toast is a great distraction. But again, let's not forget what a cool thing this is. People paying more money for more wrestling content on TV in no way is a negative Nancy thing. When we just got an excellent Fool's Count Anywhere match. Because it was Chris Jericho versus Roderick Strong. And honestly, I don't know where my bar of expectation was for this, but they totally surpassed it and I had a rollicking good time. Everybody wants a rollicking. I mean, Strong lost it at first and was just thumping Jericho over and over again. And no matter what Chris tried to do, he always just got beaten down. Like he started a chop battle at one point, And again, where did he end up? On the floor. I mean, he even got thrown into the ring apron, which is the hardest part of the ring, when he got back in the squared circle. He applied the walls of Jericho. Roderick Strong got to the ropes when they were just brawling in the crowd. All of this happened in about 72 seconds. Strong was still the man, though, because he dropped Jericho onto Ralph the Railing, which is a distant cousin of Barry Barricade. And I was like, well, thank goodness we're using somebody else for one. And of course, this is when he started to pin him. It's fool's count anywhere. Very sadly, though, this is when the news of superstar Billy Graham's passing became public. So Excalibur had to announce that live on air. So I, too, just want to take a quick second to send my love and thoughts and positive feelings to his friends and family, because seriously, Without that guy, the landscape of professional wrestling is very different today. He basically influenced everyone. Rest in peace. It was a totally surreal moment, though, because then we cut back to Jericho throwing Roderick Strong through a table. When Strong got some ice cream <laughs> and threw it into Chris's face, I was like, this is perfect goofy wrestling for life. I'm pretty sure Jericho was then trying to clean his face with stuff he found in a trash can. And that was two plus two equals potato because it makes no sense. And I looked at Strong and I was like, man, he's bleeding from the shoulder. Who the flood bleeds from the shoulder? They eventually spilled out of the arena, which actually tied directly into Chris Jericho's lawsuit. And this was so damn smart because Adam Cole may not be allowed in the building to avoid legal ramifications, but they were outside now. So who turned up? I mean, it was Adam Cole. 
You should have been able to figure that one out. He absolutely smacked Jericho around, though, hit the boom when Roddy came in with the big knee. And incredibly, on some kind of grassy verge, he pinned Chris Jericho. I don't care what anybody says. That still comes across as a big deal to me. And the fact they worked this the way that they did... I'm busting out another round of applause. Clearly we're going to get Cole and Jericho at the pay-per-view too, which now really makes me question what we will do there. I really do like this feud. There's an element of genius to it because it's really layered like an onion. Getting it out. Right, okay. So Jack Perry was here next, and he really needs to go to AEW management and figure out what the hell is going on. Because Darby Allen was allowed to be in a tag team match. Sammy Guevara had to fight Exodus Prime, and while he's fantastic, we all knew the deal. Whereas Chunkly Jim have to take on the crazy man known as Roosh. Where the hell is the parity in that? Especially because almost instantly, Jungle Boy was being choked when Roosh grabbed him and threw him into Barry Barricade. So why is no one listening to me? Is it because I'm bald? Is that what it is? I didn't choose this. Much like Barry Barricade didn't choose to be assaulted every week. So bring it down, because that is 20 on the justice for Barry board. I mean, it's not working at all. There's no justice here, it's just carnage. And I could actually put this to 52, the amount of times rush through Jungle Boy into this thing. Would somebody please think about the barricade? Anyway, the boy was having a terrible evening because he was then busted open. When he chopped Roosh, you know what Roosh did? They just grabbed his penis. Not joking, that's what he did. For some reason, the referee just watched this and was totally cool with it though. So there's a brand new wrestling rule. If somebody hits you in the testicles and he sees it, that's not fine. But if you just do some grabbing, go nuts. <laughs> that was a pun. Finally, Jungle was able to hit a Hurricane Rana. But when he went to follow up on this, Jose the assistant just grabbed his foot. And the official saw this again. He just watched it. Like, I don't care, man. I think I may have left the oven on. Oh, I better go. I'm pretty sure Roosh was then licking Jungle Boy's blood. <laughs> I was like, oh no, we have entered the Phantom Zone. When they were flying on the ring apron, and Rush gave Jungle Boy this belly to belly. And honestly, I thought he was dead. He landed right on his head and I had some kind of wiggly figgly breakdown. It did actually work though, because Jungle took such a beating here and he's so good from fighting from underneath that I just felt so much sympathy for him and I wanted him to pull it off. And there's been some nonsense on the internet this week with people firing shots at Jungle Boy. I'm just going to say this, I think you're really, really silly. All this did tie in though, because just when it looked like Jack Perry was going to lose, he busted out the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll up, and he held the tights and he got the three. And this was actually totally fair because like I've already said, Roosh and Jose were just cheating the entire time. So you have to have some fairness here. And honestly, what a war this was. To the point, it is going to get an up, bring it down, the surprise roll-up board. And by this stage, we may as well dedicate it to Xavier Woods and Jack Perry. They know what they're doing. This is when it got really interesting though, because Preston Vance was out here to beat the hell out of Jack when he got saved by not only Darby Allen, but by Sammy Guevara. And once they had done the deed, they all stood in the ring and they looked at each other. It also meant Rennie had a quick chat with MJF in the back, but he just slapped the mic out of her hand and he did walk off. And I was like, that was a good chat. So there is a lot of intrigue here. Because of course, now we're telling the story that these three just want to take out Maxwell. But once again, I don't believe it. That's right. I've got my detective hat on. I still think this has all worked so damn well. I mean, I'm intrigued and I'm interested and I'm entertained. That's the point. Uh, but yes, look, sure, I get it. When it comes to the cheating, it was utterly ridiculous because the ref did look at all of it. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I don't actually care about these things in wrestling. It's just sports entertainment. Do whatever the hell you want. But I did have some chats with some people on social media and I was like, you know what? You make a good point and I like to be a man of the people. So down. 
But again, should this keep you up at night? No. If it does, you really win. When we were all in for a big surprise, we weren't even in the woods. Because I had assumed that Ricky Starks versus Jay White was going to be on the pay-per-view. But as was announced last week, we were just doing it on Dynamite. Juice Robinson was at ringside, and it was really flubbing good. Turns out that Ricky Starks must have been aware of this, though. Because he had a plan. Why not throw Jay White into Barry Barricade? Just a broken man. Bring it down. It's 21. 21 times... This is going to fly over 100. And do you know what happens when it goes over 100? Barry dies. They then really opened up on each other, which is kind of how I dreamt this match would go. When Jay White was, of course, using the ring apron, the hardest part of the ring. When Starks came back with this lariat, wrestling tennis. He carried on with a belly-to-belly and a DDT when Jay was like, well, that's a good idea. So he hit a DDT of his own when he smashed him with this urinage. Got two. He was also going to go for the Blade Runner, but Rick felt that and he wiggled out of the thing, but still got suplexed to the floor. They actually just shouted, murked. And I was like, what am I doing? They were then countering in and out of each other's finishes, and it was so damn smooth, especially because they were going into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. When I think Robinson decided, oh my gosh, the juice must be loose. And he just ran in the ring. Now, to be fair, the referee was taking care of Jay White at this point, but it was still utterly ludicrous. He also had a chair, which Ricky Starks got a hold of, and he slammed juice. And he was so wound up, and he was so mad, and he was so livid. When White came to get him, he was like, I see what you're doing here. This is absolutely pointless. (laughs) He smacked Jay White. The ref was like, well, I saw that one, and it was a DQ. This really made me laugh, because like, what were you thinking? Because Jay White had now won, and it was a little bit lame. But you also have to look at things at the context they're presented in. AEW never does disqualification finishes. They only use them sparingly to usually build storylines. So I had no problem with this. It also means we're going to get a round two. And seriously, this was really, really good. When we had the best ending to Dynamite. Since the last time I said that, which was probably last week. It was time for Don Callis to address what he had done to Kenny Omega seven days ago. And that carny bastard just said, I don't know what everyone's getting so mad about. I'm not the bad guy here. The bad guy is Ken. Because he ran down all the things that he had done for Omega and said without Don Callis, there is no Kenny. And all of a sudden, hell broke loose. Because Kenny came storming to the ring and just took out all these security guards that were meant to be protecting Callis when the cub from Blackpool was here and they hit Kenny Omega with a paradigm shift on the stage. I was like, well, that's it. He's dead. The BCC then told the elite to back off for good, which when the young bucks arrived, but they were limping, although they did have some weapons. And when Kenny got to his feet, all of a sudden, the music of Hangman Adam Page played and this entire venue came unglued. So did I. There was glue everywhere. He was also wearing an eye patch because, of course, he'd been away for so long as he had been screwdrivered by the Blackpool Combat Club. And as these guys stood there, Kenny Omega handed him a barbed wire broom. And I was like, one, this is why wrestling's the best. Two, what the hell is going on? And three, that's the last thing you want to do with a broom. It also triggered this incredible brawl. And I was just going, oh, hell yeah, man, get everybody. And Paul Wheeler, you got absolutely destroyed with a BTE trigger and a buckshot lariat. When the cowboy got on a microphone, he said, we are the heart. We are the soul of AEW. But more importantly than all of that, we are the elite. I was like, oh, water coming out my seeing devices, they're friends again. Payton also announced that a double or nothing, it is going to be anarchy in the arena between these two teams. And do you remember how insane the last one is? I'm genuinely a bit scared about this. They're going to go crazy. This was proper incredible stuff, though, and the crowd was so loud for it, you could feel it deep down in your tum-tum, to the point it doesn't just get an up. It gets a golden up. I love this story. I love this narrative. And you can just tell that something else is going to happen with Don Callis 
so I am utterly plugged in. Right. It also means this episode of Dynamite is getting an up because by the end it just hit the peak, which is the idea. Make sure you go into the comments below and let me know what you thought and call me an idiot because that's what people do anyway. Then you can like the video, share the video and subscribe. Make sure you watch all the ups and downs. There will be a video on the screen right now. Whatculture.com also has ups and downs articles not written by me. Follow us on social media at WhatCultureWWE and Simon Miller 316 Just enjoy wrestling. If you are going to double or nothing, don't forget myself and the What Culture crew are going to be there. So come and say hello. And that's it. Let's all do the dance of joy. Goodbye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.